This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Your Radio Doctor and their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. Your Radio Doctor does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, products, physicians, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on Your Radio Doctor. Always consult your own physician. Today's program has been pre-recorded. I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars. Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com slash star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. It's time for the Delaware Valley's first radio doctor. On call every Saturday afternoon at 5. This is your radio doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Listen, 7 months or 10 months is an absolutely exceptional, exceptionally short time frame to produce this vaccine. Your health determines your life, your longevity, and your happiness. Let your radio doctor lead the way with your medical education. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Good evening and welcome to your radio doctor. I'm your host, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. It's a great season for Philadelphia. Go Phillies. Go Eagles. Our topic this week is anemia, one of the most common problems seen in doctor's offices. It can result from a single cause or from a combination of factors, and leaving it unchecked can cause stress on your heart and other organs. So today we're going to be learning about the causes of anemia, what testing is done, and how it's treated from our very special guest, Dr. David Henry, a clinical professor of medicine from the Perlman School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania, also the Vice Chair of Medicine at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania, which is a very important distinction. He's also been named multiple times as a top doc in Philadelphia, in suburban areas, and across America. So we have a very hearty welcome for you, David. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you very much. My pleasure to be here, Marianne. So lots to talk about. What is anemia? You hear people throw this term around. I know as a GI doc, I go through the whole story before I make any assessment, final assessment. And I, I say, mm-hmm. have you or mm-hmm. ever had anemia? I say, oh yeah, I've had it since I was, I, I was age 10. And I throw my hands in the air. I say, no, that's not normal. Tell us what anemia means for starters, if you would. Sure. So all of our listeners see, hopefully, their doctor from time to time, routine visits, and the doctor will almost always get the CBC. And that stands for complete blood count, three parts, um, the red count, are you anemic or not? The white count protects us from infection and platelets, which look like little plates under the microscope. They got called platelets. Mm-hmm. They're the clotting cells. So today we focus on that red count, are you anemic or not? And so there's two parts, which more and more all of us are looking at our labs online. You'll see hemoglobin and hematocrit. So hemoglobin is the red cell content of the oxygen carrying capacity, and it should be a certain level. Um, just to briefly touch on hematocrit, it really is not any more information, so we tend to focus on the hemoglobin only. And it's different in men, women, and children. And this is actually, even among early medical students, not 
really quite understood. Boys, men are higher than women because men have testosterone. Mm -hmm. So a female, the numbers would be, a female should be 12 to 16. That's normal for her. A male should be about 13 and a half to 17 and a half, normal for him. So a man at 12 is a bit anemic. And then a child, of course, as a boy, for example, hasn't reached puberty yet, so hasn't made a lot of testosterone. The child would be 11-ish to 12-ish as a child. Mm -hmm. so, so our listeners have a clear picture. Our, our complete blood count or our, our blood system includes, we know the white cells, we think of them as soldiers that fight off infection and they're different categories of white cells. But the red cells, as you, as you reminded us, carry uh, oxygen that we need to supply our brain and our hearts it's, itself and kidneys and all of our vital organs, even our skin, need that oxygen. And if hemoglobin represents our, our gas in our tank, if that count is low, there's less oxygen being delivered uh, is if it's low enough. And that's why we experience fatigue. We'll talk about symptoms soon, but we need to make sure we have enough gas to get from the East Coast to the West Coast. If your hemoglobin is low, uh, we can tolerate it for a certain amount of time, but it can catch up with us and cause stress. So let's, exactly right. yeah, let's talk about the causes. What leads mm -hmm. to anemia? What are some of the basic categories that well, the most common cause of anemia in the world is iron deficiency. And so that has so many causes, but the easiest way to approach this is um, not enough in and too much out. So, of course, our young females who have menstrual cycle, that's a very common cause. And they may get some symptoms that uh, I'll sometimes say to a menstruating iron deficient female, do you crave ice? And she'll go, how do you know that? Mm. And it's a common complaint. Uh, hair loss, some difficulty swallowing, maybe the fingernails are spooning a bit, and we call something restless leg syndrome as you're about to go to sleep at night, your legs jump a bit. These are all strange, but for sure, iron deficiency symptoms. So <clears throat> menstrual could be normal, sometimes too heavy is not normal. And then, of course, as you know, in your world of GI, we need to be sure you don't have blood loss from your gastrointestinal tract or in the urinary tract. And as a plug for your world, we are now asking for routine screening, no high-risk factors, at least 45 and above, to rule out polyps, bleeding, colon cancer, so detectable early and preventable for down the road. So the most common causes are deficiency. To, to finish that out, inflammatory bowel disease, <clears throat> ulcers, um, and I think we maybe touch on later, not enough in. So some of our listeners may have had or know folks with gastric bypass surgery for weight loss control. And this is a fascinating procedure that bypasses areas of calorie absorption so you lose weight, but also bypasses areas of B12 and iron absorption. And reliably, maybe half of our patients with that will come in a year or a year and a half later and say, my doctor said I'm anemic. Why is that? Well, your B12 or your iron are low because you're not taking it in. Mm -hmm. So to break it down for our listeners, either you're losing blood uh, on a pretty uh, moderate level of loss each month with uh, menstrual cycle, or maybe you have a trickle of blood loss. You have a, you're taking daily aspirin or you're taking, it's amazing how many patients I've seen with uh, blood loss from a daily baby aspirin, which we, it has the word baby in there. So we think it's pretty innocent, but uh, ulcers in the, in the stomach from NSAIDs, which would be non-steroidals uh, or cancer or GI blood loss. Or like we, as you said, somebody might have an inflamed bladder it's called cystitis and that can leak blood or stones but so blood loss is one category or we have certain building blocks to make 
Red blood cells last about 120 days. They have to be replaced. And so there are building blocks required. You need to have enough iron in your body. You need B12 and folate. We can break that down a little bit. So either you're losing blood or you're not your factory, your your bone marrow doesn't have the, the building blocks it needs. Or maybe your intake is good and you're not bleeding, but <clears throat> your sponge isn't working. The small intestine where we absorb those good building blocks, and that can be disrupted by celiac disease, right? And become iron deficient Correct. or a parasite lichiardia. Let's talk about that a little bit. So, yeah, <clears throat> you might have uh, different kinds of infections, especially uh, as COVID is going away and we're traveling more to various corners of the world. You might come back with an infection we're not quite aware of. So rarely, but not that rare, we'll see someone who has a parasite type infection, some other infection that they're bleeding, a little drip drip. And that's really worth covering because we'll send them to you. You're the GI doctor. You do an upper scope and you look, nothing found. You do a lower scope, you look, nothing found. Now that misses the small bowel. And so you say, well, I've got this swallowed camera to give the patient. It takes pictures all the way down. And it doesn't find anything. I think I have, and doctors, hematologists like me, maybe two dozen of those who nevertheless are iron deficient. And we say, well, you probably have an AVM. And they go, what's that? Well, that's our word, arteriovenous malformation, but simply put, little varicose vein. Especially as we get senior, that may be somewhere in the small bowel. And as you're eating, you can't stop eating. The food goes by and nicks that little varicose vein. And just as you said, Marianne, little, little drip, drip. Your stool won't change. You won't see black or tarry stools or blood, but you go to the doctor's office, iron deficient. So thankfully, these days, we have wonderfully safe intravenous iron because people will take oral iron, sometimes get cramps and constipation. Well, by the way, if you're taking oral iron, we now know it's better absorbed every other day and not every day. Interesting reasons, but if your doctor prescribes iron, take it every other day. And if it's just not working for you, we have intravenous iron. And I want to go into treatment a little bit later because that's a very important point we should discuss. So again, the categories are if you're losing blood either quickly or slowly, if you're not, um, if your marrow doesn't have enough building blocks, or you might be eating a good diet and you haven't eliminated red meat, but your sponge, your small intestine isn't absorbing it. But there are other categories, right? Hemolysis or destruction of your red cells from an autoimmune disease or maybe mm-hmm. infection, as you mentioned, or toxins like copper or even snake bites. That's pretty outside the bell curve. Then if your kidneys are, are a disease, a chronic kidney disease, there is a beautiful chemical in our kidneys called erythropoietin. Let's talk about that a little bit. Discovered by a Jefferson doctor. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Eslov. Well, let's cover a couple of those. Those are really good thoughts. So let's go to the kidney. Everyone knows the kidney. You have these two things about the size of your fist in your back that have a million little washing machines each side, and they're filtering and keeping your blood clean all day long. Not many people realize they also do something else. They make a hormone. It's so hard to say we call it EPO, but as you just said, erythropoietin. And if you have no kidneys at all, no kidney function, your hemoglobin goes to six. And we've said it needs to be 12, 13 normally. So the more your kidneys are offline, the more you don't make that hormone. And so we always look for kidney malfunction, poor kidney function to see if you make enough of that hormone. And then we want to cover that hemolysis you mentioned. Pretty rare, except for things like a bad aortic valve, bad mitral valve, it'll shear the red cells. New York Marathon's coming up in the near future. 
marathoners bang their feet on the ground 26.2 miles. They all have a bit of hemolysis and red counts drop. And I guess finally, cancer is sadly not that rare. Our patients with cancer, the more they have it, the more the body senses it and actually dials down a bit their red count as a consequence of having cancer. And I know that we use the word hemolysis, hemo for mm -hmm. red cell, lysis, meaning we're going to like cut them apart, destroy them. Other unusual causes of hemolysis or red cell destruction, that can happen after a blood transfusion. That's why blood transfusions are not, we, we're very careful uh, in whom we transfuse blood and we're very careful to watch them post-transfusion. Um, but thermal burns too, fortunately, they're not very common, but there are lots of reasons why we recheck that blood count when somebody's very ill, as you say, with cancer or certain inherited autoimmune diseases, or even a rare condition, if your spleen is too big, your bloodstream is filtered through the spleen and, and your spleen can decide to hold on to red cells or even mm -hmm. platelets, as you say. So true. And I guess in, in closing, fatigue, so many patients call us and say, you know, I need to see a doctor because I'm tired. I must have anemia. Well, fatigue has a hundred causes. Anemia is one of them. Good to rule out, but not the only cause. Mm-hmm. Let's take a little break, and when you come back, we'll hear more about anemia and its various causes with Dr. David Henry. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, exclusively presented by Independence Blue Cross. If you have a question for the medical mailbag, just send a note to doctor at yourradiodoctor.net. I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars, Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com slash star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. When we ask questions, we make sure they're the big ones. Like, how can the healthcare industry earn the trust of patients? And what if your health outcomes and access to care weren't defined by your skin color, sexuality, gender, or zip code? At Genentech, we're removing barriers and partnering across the medical community to make clinical research as diverse as the world we serve to ensure communities have access to healthcare. Learn how we are working to make healthcare more equitable at gene.com slash askbiggerquestions. Back on your radio doctor with Dr. David Henry, who is a fountain of information uh, about anemia. And David, I think our listeners really appreciate the way you've broken this down. If your tank isn't full, it's either because you're losing blood or you're not making enough new red blood cells, and they're vital. They carry the oxygen that make everything work, your brain, your heart, kidneys, all those good organs. And so you mentioned very importantly, the most common type of anemia is iron deficiency. But even that can be from blood loss or a diet that's deficient. What about people who have eating disorders or not even that extreme? What about people who say, you know what, red meat, gone. They have to replace that, that the blood from the animal, right? The mm -hmm. iron that they would have gotten from red meat um, with other sources like spinach, et cetera. Agree. So, um, as, uh, as we say, that's the most common cause of anemia. And I know I'm very sensitive to everybody's online looking at their labs. Sadly, the best test of iron is not called iron. And, and this is actually lost in some young trainees. 
ferritin. So I advise our listeners as they're looking at their labs, look at that ferritin. I tell patients that number is a percent tank. So if your ferritin comes back five, your iron tank, as Marianne says, is 5% full. You're almost on fumes. If your ferritin's 100, 200, you have enough iron. If your ferritin's high, different recording, different show, you have iron overload. And actually, these people still exist. They tend to come from uh, Western Europe, uh, where they have a mutation, pretty uncommon, like 1% or 2% of Americans might have it, where they have sort of too much iron. But talk for another day. So we're talking for iron deficiency. Watch your ferritin. Your intake, you mentioned the anorexic. You know, in fact, extreme anorexic, sometimes we almost call it jelly bone marrow. You'll look for what's the matter, why they aren't making red, white platelet cells. And we do a bone marrow, which kind of for our car analogy, we lift the hood, look under the hood at the engine, and all the cells are just terribly depleted. They're starving because the patient is starving. The, the whole body machine is starving, and we're running out of iron and other things like B12 and folic acid to make blood. Mm-hmm. And so um, the other thought is we need normal stomach secretions to yeah. absorb, say, B12, because B12 can cause. So if the stomach is chronically irritated from a bacterium that we become much too familiar with in GI land called H. pylori, we're going to do a whole show on Helicobacter uh, pylori, that can cause... Uh, atrophy or an erosion of the stomach lining, and the stomach then um, is making less of a very special factor called the intrinsic factor that helps us absorb B12. You know, the knee bone's connected to the thigh bone, right? If, if one system is disrupted, it causes a domino effect, and that can be a source of anemia. And so when we do upper endoscopy for any reason, I pretty much routinely do stomach biopsies to make sure that's not a happening thing that can lead to anemia later. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But going back to iron deficiency, a lot of young women who have anemia will blame it on their menstrual cycle, but, but we have to be the critical thinkers, not be robotic and say, yep, it's your periods. Um, We have to check their diet and intake, but we also don't want to miss a very common diagnosis, celiac disease. So to revisit, the GI tract, your stomach is that that muscular pouch that churns up your meal into smaller pieces. Then the magic is in, I always tell my patients, remember, small intestine starts with S, like sponge. It's the sponge that absorbs your calories and nutrients. So if it's not working because you have celiac, you're not going to absorb iron. You're not going to absorb calcium. I mean, there are different degrees of it, but we always check when we do an upper endo, we take a little tissue from the duodenum right past the stomach it's right there. Why not? And check to make sure that a person's anemia is not because their sponge isn't working, right? And so I, 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 you remind me of young females, of course, not only have menses, but they get pregnant. Yes. And so the, the pregnant female, it's a fascinating thing to me. The more I'm in medicine, the more I just can't believe how amazing this machine called human and human reproduction is. So very commonly, our pregnant women are iron deficient, partly because maybe they were to begin with or their fetus, the developing infant baby, is going to t- survive of the fist, going to take what it needs to grow. And so please be sure, our listeners, if you are or if you know someone, that she is taking her iron pill every other day, better absorbed, and her obstetrician checks that ferritin because if it's too low, it needs to be brought up so you can feed the mother and the baby. And while we're at it, what's another abnormality? Well, older. Sadly, one of us, me, 
is older on this show, not Marianne. And uh, so I think I used we, to babysit we, you. I I, th- I used to babysit you, David. <laughs> You'd never uh, go to bed when I asked you to. No, well, had to stay up while watch Johnny Carson. <laughs> but uh, as we get older, a couple things happen. One, the bone marrow engine might be a little tired. We're now living, you know, 1,900 people live to like 50. Now in 2000 and beyond, they're living to 100. And so the engine might get a little tired. You don't make blood clot as well. So older age, the kidneys, as we've mentioned before, they make that hormone that tells your bone marrow to make blood. Those kidneys get a little tired with older age. So when we see a senior male or female. Of course, menses are no longer the issue in the senior female or in the male senior. So we look for kidney function, iron deficiency, of course, but it might just be a matter of age. And of course, we have to worry about cancer. Cancers in themselves suppress the whole usage and development of red cells. And that's a tip off sometimes that something is happening in the background. Have you seen Marianne to get your colonoscopy? Have you had your mammograms if you're female? So we don't want to forget cancer as well. Mm-hmm. And so the other building blocks, the low B12 or low folate, we call the um, the factor in our system, or that's a vitamin, uh, folate. When you buy it at the at this mm-hmm. drugstore, it's folic acid, but um, mm-hmm. they can be causes of anemia. And, and you as a hematologist can tell because you take a blood sample, put it under the microscope. I think that's one of the coolest things about hematology. You learn so much. Just from the visual, tell us if you would, David, how when you look at red cells under the scope, they have a different appearance if it's iron deficiency, they're pale. or Well, you cover one of my passions. It really is wonderful. The, uh, the under the microscope, which we do when we see a new patient or a follow-up patient with anemia, the red cells should be a certain size. Iron deficient red cells get small and they get pale. So when you look under the microscope, you see them and, oh, they're smaller, they're paler. This could be iron deficiency. And... We should mention, or you could be from the Mediterranean area. There's a thing called thalassemia. Wonderful use of the word from the Greeks. Thallus is the Greek word for sea, S-E-A. And the Greeks meant the Mediterranean Sea. So if you're from Southern Europe, like Italy, Northern Africa, and our African-Americans, that's where the thalassemia gene can travel. And you're not iron deficient, but your red cells will look small. So the doctor can tell this apart by checking the ferritin or an analysis of hemoglobin. If you, as you've mentioned, B12 folic acid, interestingly, it's the other way around. Now they what we call macrocytes. So the red cells get larger and they uh, have a funny looking pallor to their center. And we go, oh, this is not right. This is a large red cell. We have to check for the B12 and folic folic acid or folate as it's called, as you mentioned. And, Beautiful cell. Yeah. And so that can be um, interesting too, because if somebody's anemic, they can be they can have normal sized red cells because they might have just a chronic blood loss and they have enough iron to keep up the factory or somebody yeah. like as we said let's say somebody has cancer and they develop anorexia or, or lack of a desire to eat or they just can't eat they just feel so sick from any condition or an eating disorder they might be low in iron but instead of having a small pale cell it's, it's offset by they're also low in B12 and folate. So the effect of being small and pale versus large and super red is, uh, what do you call that, counterbalanced, and the, sore, the cells yeah. look normal, and you say, gee whiz. But so you have to check for low ferritin as well as low B12 and low folate. So a good clinician will check all the above and not just say, well, they must just be iron deficient because depending on the source of their 
anemia, they could be low in everything. Exactly. And um, two additional thoughts, Ty. I know you want to talk about volume. So we are just one big tank of fluid with cells in it floating around. So if we are hypovolemic, our term for you're dehydrated, you've played tennis all day, or you've been out in the hot sun not drinking, that can artificially raise your red count because your volume part goes down. And the other thing, back to our pregnant females, nature is so smart. As you get toward the end of pregnancy and want to deliver the baby, nature might try and clot, of course, to stop the bleeding at pregnancy and delivery, but not clot you and have a blood clot to the lung, blood clot in the leg. So automatically, the blood count lowers a bit. So a pregnant female with a hemoglobin of around 11, we've said 12 is normal, she actually will be about 11 or even a touch less as she delivers to prevent too much blood and clotting normally. Very well said. And I think anybody listening will, will realize that the OB docs are, are so attuned to making sure that in first trimester, we want the hemoglobin to be a l- over 11 grams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. second and third trimester, we're happy with it's 10.5. But I love what the example you gave of March hemolysis, when somebody's pounding the pavement for 26.1 or whatever it is, um, that, that you're, that inadvertently, you don't mean to, but you destroy a lot of red cells. But also, I have a whole collection of young women who come because they're anemic. And I do the upper endoscopy. I don't see any bleeding sites. Colon is beautiful, no ulcerative colitis. And they have negative biopsies for celiac or any of the first things on the list. And then we do the capsule and see micro bleeds or micro tears, micro bleeds from that pounding. So, so, so intense running and pounding can either cause direct destruction of your red cells or little baby leaks all through the small intestine. So we have to pursue that so that-, that- you, know, you and I both see that you, you and I are the people who see both of this. So the marathoners to the extreme, 26 plus miles, at the end of that run, they have red hemoglobin red cells shoot up in their bloodstream. They have a little bit of blood in their stool <clears throat> and they, <clears throat> excuse me, they, they also- um can have free hemoglobin in their blood from the pounding around. Bongo players have had this because oh, uh, cool. they're banging with their hands all the time. So just as you said, a trauma of some recurring reason can show this. So interesting. Come back after the break and we'll hear more about the symptoms of anemia and the current treatments. Today's edition of Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross, can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere, at your convenience. Just download the Odyssey app and search Your Radio Doctor. It's health education on demand. Hi, I'm Ritika Kumar from Independence Blue Cross. As a parent, I know our greatest hope in life is to protect our children. As a physician, I know that the best way to protect our children and boost their immunity is to get them vaccinated against COVID-19. With schools back in session, it's important to stay up to date on their vaccines. The COVID-19 vaccines are approved for children six months and older. Vaccination, it's the very best way to love and protect them. When you have orthopedic issues, you need a physician who eats, sleeps, and breathes orthopedics. You need an exceptionally specialized Rothman Orthopedics physician. They not only specialize in orthopedics, each Rothman physician only focuses on one area of the body, which means you can have confidence that you can get past pain and be what you were. Schedule conveniently online at RothmanOrtho.com. That's RothmanOrtho.com. When we ask questions, we make sure they're the big ones. 
like when it comes to diseases? Can we strive to treat, prevent, and even reverse them? And how can we make healthcare more effective and more affordable? These are the types of questions that can help impact the lives of so many patients, that help push the boundaries of innovation and healthcare for all communities. At Genentech, we are the pioneers of the biotech industry, tackling some of the biggest questions in healthcare. Learn more at gene.com slash askbiggerquestions. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, now Saturday afternoons at 5, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. And we're back on Your Radio Doctor with Dr. David Henry from Penzi. David, we had a, a nice review of all those reasons why our hemoglobin can be low. Let's talk about the reasons why it can be found to be elevated, either somewhat falsely because the person's dehydrated because they've been vomiting or they have diarrhea or even severe burns. Those poor patients, their volume status is so extreme. But how about the more common? I, I want to go back and revisit what you mentioned about runners and marathons. And let's talk about that a little bit. So that's so interesting, our topic today, anemia. But what about the other extreme? Can that be a problem as well? Well, it can be. So one to cover is we talked about men, 13 and a half to 17 and a half hemoglobin normally because they have testosterone. Well, what if some of our men decide that they've seen an ad for low T and they decide somehow from a doctor or some over the counter, they get androgen, which is a kind of testosterone. So we'll see them with high hemoglobin, 18, 19, 20. Now that, just like your oil in your car can be too thick for the engine, your blood, your red count hemoglobin can be too thick for your engine called the body. And so we're very careful not to let those supplements happen. Well, the body's always watching to be sure enough oxygen carrying. What if you live in Denver or Mexico City? Oxygen's a little less because you're high altitude. So normally those residents will make a higher end, but not too high hemoglobin. How about performance? Well, this got into the Olympics and to highly trained athletes. They realize if their red count is at the higher end, maybe 17 instead of like a 15, might be the difference between a gold medal and a silver medal, literally. Well, as you mentioned, Dr. Ursleff from Jefferson invented or found in mice and then people, erythropoietin, the hormone from kidneys. Well, pharmaceutical companies found a way to make it. And of course, the Olympics come in the late 80s. And all of a sudden, we hear members of the Swedish bicycling team, highly trained athletes, having strokes. Wow. Well, they were doing blood doping with that shot. And their hemoglobins were 25. Their oil, red count, Hemoglobin was too high and they had strokes. And so now the Olympic committees are very carefully watching this. Sadly, one of our famous Olympians and bicyclists, Lance Armstrong, was giving this medication to keep his at the higher end. And that's, of course, not allowed. So the, the point being, not good to be low, not good to be too high. Right. Life is a balance. But I think it's so important that you emphasized um, androgens or testosterone. So many people think if I don't need a prescription, it's okay to buy yeah. XYZ off the shelf, a supplement, mm -hmm. or or this or that vitamin. Too much of a good thing. There are certain vitamins that can really be harmful, A, D, E, and K. We always memorize. And, of course, vitamin K influences how we clot or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, a, that's show number 37 for us. <laughs> but, um, but just be so mindful. If you do see your doctor and they say, what medicines do you take? Please remember to write down or even bring the bottle because I had a patient who asked me uh, if it's okay to take 
melatonin or a B complex. And I looked at it and I said, there's calcium in there. And sometimes when you're on a blood thinner, you want to avoid magnesium, iron, other uh, elements that can interfere with the effect of the cumin in the blood thinner. So all these things are so important. And the high attitude, your body says, whoa, there's not enough oxygen here. Let me get the factory to make more red cells. It makes perfect sense. Symptoms of anemia, as you said, it's not always fatigue can be from a lot of reasons. Maybe you need an eye, a new eyeglass prescription or maybe your blood pressure is a little low. Let's talk about symptoms. Yeah, so that's so interesting. I've seen some patients where they're very tired, hemoglobins are normal. Fatigue has about 100 causes. So that's one to click off. Sleep, when I'm in medical school, we would simply say, did you sleep eight hours? Yes. Well, now we know how did you sleep those eight hours? Were you tossing and turning and snoring and not getting your REM sleep every 90 minutes? That's a very good cause of fatigue and about 98 others. So um, iron hemoglobin is just one. Uh, other symptoms can be, well, you don't think quite clearly enough. You don't uh, perform. You're going up those stairs. It's a little tiring. Uh, you can't calculate well enough, can't remember well enough. Um, and so fatigue is one of the major symptoms of anemia, although not always. We see some patients who say, um, I'm okay. Well, you know, Mrs. Smith, your hemoglobin is eight. How do you feel? I'm okay. What I love to do, I actually recorded a patient once. So I said, really? Say that into this microphone. How do you feel? Okay. Then we gave therapy that made her hemoglobin 12. And she went, oh, it's like lifting a veil. I didn't realize once my red count was fixed, how I see it retrospectively, I didn't actually feel quite normal. Mm -hmm. So like anything, we adapt. So if a person has a slow trickle because they have like the lining of their stomach is irritated, it's a slow trickle, mm -hmm. not enough to see blood on the toilet tissue because it's mixed in mm -hmm. with their waist or a colon cancer. That's why that's so crazy insidious because it can sneak out. If you plug up your sink and let the faucet just drip, it takes a while for the sink to overflow. So people can adapt to a slowly dropping hemoglobin and not feel fatigue because maybe they're not walking five blocks a day, they're walking four. So we ask, are you short? As you say, when you go up the steps, are you short of breath? Do you get palpitations? Because your heart has to beat faster. That's a, if good, it has one. That's a less, good one. Yeah, less volume to send around. So, so pay attention to your body. It's right there. And as physicians, ask the questions that a patient might not think to say, hey, I'm here because I have all these headaches. Well, what about shortness of breath and <clears throat> palpitations or some other issue? <clears throat> Excuse me. And be sure, I think as we've said several times, when you see your doctor and he or she says, uh, take this iron prescription, okay, uh, maybe that is really it. <clears throat> take it every other day is the best absorption. But be sure the tests come back showing you're iron deficient. We sometimes just reflexly say, well, let's take this iron pill. Uh, was your iron level low? Remember, it's the ferritin. Sadly, the best test is not iron, it's ferritin. And you want to see that that's at least your tank is half full, at least your ferritin is 50 yeah. and above. And I love that you concentrate on talking about that specific treatment because <clears throat> I always have these little funny Richieisms. But if, if patients walk away from a visit with one new helpful fact, I feel like I've done my job. So I say, you yes. can buy iron tabs at the drugstore in two forms, ferrous sulfate or ferrous gluconate. Ferrous sulfate, think mm -hmm. of S for stinky. It makes you feel stinky. It makes you feel like queasy mm -hmm. Louise. You get nausea and and really what people describe as heartburn. But if you, if you take ferrous gluconate, pretty much uh, a much friendlier form, yes? 
Yes, indeed. Yeah, I, I tell our young doctors that they prescribe ferrous sulfate or especially to a sick patient where iron is virtually never, when you're sick, the stomach just shuts down to absorb. So when you prescribe ferrous sulfate or iron to a sick person, you're prescribing cramps and constipation. So unless you want to do that, that's not a good idea. Yeah, that's the other important key that is, um, as I was saying, ferrous sulfate for stinky first, gluconate G for good, uh, but constipation expected. So partner with a stool softener because if you need the iron, you have to now, not everyone uh, improves on oral iron. When do mm -hmm. you go to infusing iron, which has I'm to be done very carefully? So glad mm -hmm. you mentioned that. Um, when I'm in training, there was one incredibly unsafe shot in the rear end of iron is off the market. Oh. Now we have five, six intravenous irons. They're very safe. We, Our emergency room doctors have wonderfully changed. Instead of transfusing right away a very low red count when it's iron deficiency, they call us and say, can we send him or her over to get IV iron? And usually in an hour to hour sitting, you can give IV iron slowly, safely, and your bone marrow goes, thank you. You've fed mm -hmm. the engine and your red count <laughs> will rise. You'll avoid a transfusion. There's a small chance, a couple percent, that you get wheeze, rash, hive, short of breath. It usually goes away quickly. Um, and most patients don't get that. And so we now do this very commonly, treating the iron deficiency anemia. It does not cause cramps and constipation and it avoids a red cell transfusion. And I, I like too that you brought up the, the um, I want to spend a little more time on when you see a patient, you're the last stop. The primary care doc finds an email and says, Dr. Henry, help us here. Um, yes. How involved do you get in the workup and say, did you send this patient for a GI workup? To, like, or do you just say the patient needs iron and want to transfuse them? How That's a delicate dance, I would think. I think, uh, of course, we coordinate with our primary care doctors with whom I'm, I'm, I'm very sympathetic. They're the busiest, hardest working, have to triage, they make the right uh, answer all the time. So they're very good. And we, so we try and help them. So when the patient comes to me with anemia, that's my job. So I like to return that patient to our primary care provider with a diagnosis and if it's me and IV iron, well, he can't do that in the primary care office. I can. Or if it's some simple supplementation, then the primary care can. So I think my job is to determine what is it and then treat it either because I need special treatment that I can only do or the primary care can do. Mm -hmm. So you get the patient and you start from scratch, which is what yes. people rave about Dr. David Henry for, because you are a great critical thinker admired by so many as a teacher as a doc and a colleague and so you're going to say let's go to your family history does it is anemia in your family and you might pick up thalassemia which is a friendly mm -hmm. form of a slightly low blood count because the cells are a little bit different in their you know they in their halloween costume they look a little different than somebody else's because they're mediterranean uh or somebody That's exactly right yeah or sickle cell might have a slightly low a chronically low Red count. Indeed. I'm always looking for Mother Nature. Did she make a mistake in, in making us <laughs> as a machine? I thought, well, I found it. Our smallest vessels are five microns, a very small measurement. Our red cells are eight microns. I thought, well, I found it. There's a mistake, Mother Nature. Well, no. Our normal red cells of eight microns squeeze through the smallest blood vessels of five, and it's a much more efficient way to get oxygen in, carbon dioxide out. But just as you say, if you have a hemoglobin abnormality, sickle cell, thalassemia, those cells might not squeeze normally. So our sickle cell patients get pain when they can't squeeze through the smallest red cells. Or our thalassemic patients get very tired because it can't get through the lung and the heart 
very well. So abnormalities in shape can be a problem. And that's why taking a person's history is so important. We ask the patients to come prepared um, if they can think of anything. You know, we often send them <clears throat> a questionnaire in advance and ask about family and such, but it's so important for us to yes, redo yeah. it sitting there because they might not understand a nuance like that, <clears throat> including social history. Do you smoke? Smokers, same thing. They're being robbed of some of their oxygen, so they make more red cells to compensate. That's another group that might true. have a slightly higher um, hemoglobin, kind Very of in an adaptive way. So do you smoke? A lot of people don't want to say that. They don't want it on their record. So we ask people to be honest because it could save your life if we can address that. And vaping, oh, don't get me started. But um, And travel. Well, just as yeah. you say, watch what medicines you're taking is mm -hmm. answered to the questions of the patient. Be sure you've heard from your provider what blood tests have been done to rule out all kinds of causes mm -hmm. of anemia or the hematologist. And um, watch what's happening to your red count thereafter. Mm -hmm. And vegans, sometimes they become low yeah. in B12. So that's another red flag. Real quickly, anything specific on physical exam in our last minute in this segment? Well, you look for pale palms, pale conjunctiva under the eyes, um, the restless leg uh, syndrome complaint, the, mm -hmm. the hair loss on physical, is the thyroid abnormally large or small? That's another cause of anemia. Um, those would be some main things to watch for. Mm -hmm. Let's take a little break and we'll be back for our wrap up with Dr. David Henry. Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie is presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Hi, I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars. That's Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some of these Medicare Advantage plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. And all plans include dental, vision, and hearing benefits with no co-pays for routine exams. Medicare's highest rating, Philly's most popular plan. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. When you have joint pain, you need a physician who eats, sleeps, and breathes joints. Someone so focused on their specialty, they've written the book on it, literally. You need an exceptionally specialized physician from Rothman Orthopedics. They not only specialize in orthopedics, each Rothman physician only focuses on one area of the body, which means you can have confidence that you can get past the pain and be what you were. Schedule conveniently online at rothmanortho.com. Official orthopedic partner of the Eagles, Phillies, and Sixers. Now, your weekly prescription brought to you by Genentech, the science-driven company that pioneered the biotech industry to transform how we treat the world's most complex health problems. And welcome back for our final segment of Your Radio Doctor. We call this segment, Your Weekly Prescription, brought to you by Genentech. And we have learned so much from Dr. David Henry, hematologist, oncologist extraordinaire from Pennsylvania Hospital. Um, you know what, David, I should ask you to just briefly explain why hematology and oncology go together. Hematology is the study of blood disorders. Well, that's a great question. And nobody knows. I learned it when I was a fellow in 
my initial training years. So there was never oncology till the 60s, 1960s. Hematology was a long old specialty. Well, the hematologists took care of leukemia lymphoma. And after World War I and mustard gas, these poor men who died had bone marrows that were empty and lymph nodes that were empty. And so they started using hmm. derivatives of nitrogen mustard to treat that. And so word got out to the pulmonologist, take care of lung cancer, you and GI take care of colon cancer. And they say, you know, you guys had this chemotherapy <laughs> stuff. Maybe you'd like to try it in lung cancer, colon cancer, breast cancer. And so the hematologist said, okay. And we started to develop actual drugs besides those World War I killing nitrogen mustard. And now, mercifully, today in my wonderful career, I've seen so much development beyond chemotherapy to antibodies, immunotherapy, pills that target certain mutations. So it started hematology, bad thing, nitrogen mustard, chemotherapy, good thing, oncology. We recently interviewed the, the miracle, uh, she's not a little girl anymore, the 17-year-old Emily Whitehead, who with Dr. Mm -hmm. Grupp from Penn had the uh, the first actually pediatric patient in the world to get immunotherapy and her leukemia is gone. It's incredible. It's amazing. So what take-home messages do you have for our listeners, David, if you would? Well, I think we've covered mm -hmm. anemia is not normal, uh, but boys and girls are different. Girls 12 to 16, boys 13 and a half to 17, that has to do with testosterone. Boys who haven't reached puberty yet will be more like the female and they'll be 11-ish uh, to 12. So then when you see your doctor, he or she will do a CBC, standing for a complete blood count. It's virtually impossible to see the doctor without having that done. So you can take charge of your, your health and say, doctor, what was my hemoglobin on the CBC? And they'll be shocked that you know that and they'll tell you. So listen to the number. And then you want to see, am I part of the most common cause of anemia? Iron deficiency, which the best test is not iron. It's ferritin. And so you want to hear that number is something that's a tank. Of, is it full or not? So 50% would be a 50 ferritin. You should be at least that. If you're iron deficient, as Marianne has said, because she sees this all the time, you can supplement, but be sure you supplement properly. Some of the worst is ferrous sulfate. Some of the better is ferrous gluconate. You'll see these on the, the uh, pharmacy aisle. Every other day, incredibly, is better absorbed than every day. Um, what do we look for by your symptoms? Well, there's a thing we call in the medical world pica. Pica is eating non-food yes. food. And some of our patients, uh, you'll say to a young female with heavy menses, uh, do you crave ice? And she'll go, do I crave ice? I'm chipping my teeth eating ice. And this is a form of non-food food, very common in iron deficiency. Um, some of, from the South, sometimes it's a uh, culturally popular to, to eat starch or clay yes. bricks. And you'll mm -hmm. get this from some of our patients who migrate up from the South. Um, physical, well, you might have difficulty swallowing, restless leg syndrome at bedtime, your nails might be spooning. So those are some symptoms. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, uh, why are you iron deficient? There's always a why. So it may be menstrual, but it may be you're harboring a, a polyp or a colon cancer. So you want to call Marianne and her colleagues to see about a colonoscopy, at least if you're 45 and older, and routine screening. And the spooning of the nails, I mean, you've seen it probably so many times. Fortunately, when I see people with iron deficiency, it hasn't been for such a prolonged time, but your nails actually kind of curve up. And when you see yes, that, right. it, it's so striking. So clinicians, be providers, doctors, nurses, nurse practitioners, look at the total person. Please, if, if and, and you as a patient, if you notice things, um, 
you're part of the equation as well. It's uh, mm -hmm. this is not a lecture, but a personal responsibility. Really think hard. Don't don't depend on. I mean, even electronic records. Two things about that: when your labs are posted, try hard not to panic when you see something that looks abnormal. For instance, potassium. We can check your potassium. There's a range of normal, and that's because. The equipment might have a headache or, or it might be a little different reading in the morning, in the afternoon. Same person. I can check your potassium right now. And it could be the normal is three and a half to five. I can check it right now. It's 4.0 and two hours later it's 4.2 because the machine's reading a little differently. So, so look at your results, but, but try hard to make sure you review them with your doctor before you get upset or, or, so, or so relieved, true. right? Because, uh, the automation of medicine, is, it's not to make it automated. We still have to do critical thinking. And if you want to learn some more for our, our lay listeners, um, I can suggest two websites um, since we're all electronic. Hematology.org, O-R-G, has a lot of good information. You can drill down to any cause of anemia. And then um, the Mayo Clinic site called mayoclinic.org, O-R-G, is another very user-friendly site with a lot of good information that would make a lot of sense to a non-medical person. Mm -hmm. Hematology, H-E-M-A-T-O-L-O-G-Y.org or mayoclinic.org. And what's good about that, David, we want you to read enough to know what questions to ask. It's the purpose of our show, really. So you go in equipped for that appointment and say, you know, I always open the door with my left hand instead of my right hand. Does that matter? Kind of thing. Not to worry you, but to help you make better informed decisions. Oh, yes. Take take your questions ready to go to the doctors. I couldn't agree more. Don't come and hope he says the right thing. Come with your questions written out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, I can't thank you enough. What a pleasure to have My you. My pleasure. And I hope we have you back because there's so many areas of hematology yet to be covered in our conversation. So thank you. And I can't thank My you enough. My pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. I look forward to coming back. Thank you, Maria. For your real champion. I call this segment Dance With Me. Every little girl dreams of being a ballerina. Janet Blenheim is one of those whose wish came true. While other girls in the fifth grade were playing basketball, Janet began taking ballet lessons with the Pennsylvania Ballet, now known as the Philadelphia Ballet. She performed through high school and aimed to continue as a dance major in college. But her dad had a different plan. He was a school superintendent and thought it would be more practical for Janet to earn a degree in elementary education. Well, Janet accomplished both goals with a double major in dance and elementary ed at Temple University, where she excelled as a Japan Fulbright Scholar. She then dedicated 30 years to the school districts of Upper Dublin, where she was eventually named head of the K through fifth grade math department and was awarded the Outstanding Educator Medal in 2015. She continued to study dance, first at the American Ballet Theater in New York, and through the years continued performing as a professional dancer with the Pittsburgh Ballet and later the Pennsylvania Ballet. Janet's true genius surfaced when she found a way to blend her passion for dance with her love of teaching children. Just as students learn patterns when they study numbers in decades, they learn music and patterns based on octaves and scales. This benefit has been identified by the National Association for Music Education, the American Psychological Association. Music also includes beats per minute, formulas that progress, 
And learning an instrument also develops hand-eye coordination, keen listening skills, and discipline to practice. And perhaps the study of music reinforces parts of the brain that we use to do math. Well, Janet realized that she could engage her third grade students by using dance steps to illustrate similes, understand magnets, or imitate planets revolving around the sun. Janet became a board member of the Metropolitan Ballet Academy, a classical ballet school in Jenkintown. Since 1996, this nonprofit organization has aimed to prepare the next generation of classical dancers and advance the art of dance through performances at local schools, retirement centers, through school outreach programs, and scholarships for underserved youth. Since 2008, Metropolitan has partnered with the City of Philadelphia to offer the Kinetic Literacy Program for K-3 through graders. Based on Pennsylvania standards of education, this program integrates visual, auditory, and movement elements to teach math, science, and English. There are two parts to the program. Janet designed M cubed, that's M to the third power, or math times music times movement. Brilliant. Children's ages seven through nine learn creative problem solving by integrating movement and music to reinforce math concepts, like fractions. With dance, you can make a quarter turn, leap with a half turn, or spin for a full turn. And when students mirror each other's movements, they understand symmetry. So many examples in life use fractions, like sharing half a pizza with one friend or with more friends by cutting into thirds or quarters. Metropolitan founder and artistic director, Lisa Collins Vidnovic, developed Reading Moves Me. Children hear a story read aloud, learn about choreography, and are then bused to a high-quality performance of the story in ballet form, where the story comes to life. Janet Blenheim has spent years volunteering as an instructor at the Joseph Pennell, Anna Lengelbach, and Martin Luther schools, helping children dance and learn together. The program is especially helpful for children who have special emotional needs or who have experienced trauma. Through Metropolitan, over 4,800 students have learned to make connections between movement and math and language concepts while having a joyous shared experience. We salute you, Janet Blenheim, your real champion. Learn more about this beautiful work at metropolitanballetacademy.com. Thank you for listening to your radio doctor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT every Saturday at 5. Listen to the show again on odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y.com or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thank you to our exclusive sponsor, Independence Blue Cross, along with support from Rothman Orthopedic Institute and Genentech, first biotech company in the U.S., Tune in next week for another great show. Learn how to navigate through the choices of Medicare programs. Representatives from Independence Blue Cross will provide great explanations that help with your decisions. And remember, the Rothman Orthopedic Institute has officially opened in Central Florida in Winter Park. Good to know if you visit Florida this winter and need their help. Call 844-407-4070 for an appointment. Friends, the American Red Cross posted a special announcement on Monday of this past week. Volunteers desperately needed to help with two assignments, to transport blood from collection sites through southeastern Pennsylvania and Jersey to the lab in Philadelphia for testing and processing, and then to deliver blood products from the lab to hospitals using a Red Cross-owned vehicle. 
Donor Services Executive Helen Muniza says, training is free, but the blood you deliver is priceless. Tell us about a real champion in your family or community. Send an email to info at yourradiodoctor.net. Mainline Today Magazine, thank you to the managing editor, Kim Douglas, for naming me as a power woman of the mainline, and to the marketing director and event coordinator extraordinaire, Carol Zeller Henderson, for the beautiful luncheon and ceremony this week. I was truly honored to be included in a group of very talented and dedicated ladies who live life with passion. Say boo to the flu. Get your flu shot. Winter's coming. This is your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, wishing you a happy, healthy, and safe week with the ones you love. Always here to remind you that your health is your wealth. Thanks for listening to your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. To contact Dr. Marianne and to listen to today's show as well as past shows, visit yourradiodoctor.com. This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Your Radio Doctor and their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program has been pre-recorded. I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars, Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. Don't wait. Visit IBXMedicare.com. Medicare.com/star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement.